This is Tulip. I have been instructed to read out the list of the top 15 best dressers in Mox the Rain. Miri Rain. Chris Walsh. Christopher Bruce. Mike Hammond. Michael Pollard. Jason Campbell. Olga Krasik. Michelle B. Noreen Elizabeth. Robert Andrews. David Forsey. Heather Baird. Cheryl N. Chelsea Dab Hilke. Michelle Scott. That is all. This is it. The crew has tracked Shard Tealeaf all across Mox the Rain, avoiding ticks and clubbers, being slightly too late to stop multiple assassinations, and taking a nice nap in a one-bedroom apartment. Classic bounty hunter stuff. Now they've got Shard in their sights, but so do the assassin and a mysterious drow woman. A fight has broken out, and Shard and Buck have both taken deadly molten arrow shots to the chest. Find out if the crew can bring in their prize from the brink of death itself on the final episode of Bounty Blunders. He's just going to end his turn there. Okay. And Squeak, it's back to you. Can my rats, now that I can see that guy, could my rats reach him? Or I guess they could only probably reach Buck. They could reach Buck. Oh, yeah, I think they're they're still on their, their warpath, so they're going to go for Buck. Um, I forgot on Shard's turn that my rat keeps biting her for two damage. <laughs> yeah, she has to use an action to get rid of that. She needed her action. Yeah, I'm going to shoot a rat at the assassin in the window. The one with the waggle okay. tail. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> with disadvantage cool. for a... Oh, pretty good, actually. A 19. 19 is a hit. Pew! Uh, a rat goes flying through the air, does four bludgeoning damage, and attaches to the assassin. <laughs> yeah, and then I... Yeah, he, he he's turned around. You don't mess with the watch. Turns back, rat! Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I, as a verbal command, I'm going to just send the, all the rat swarms to start swarming the assassin now that I know where it is. Okay, so they, yeah, pour out of the tower over Buck, who is quite concerned at this point and doesn't even have a chance to really scream about them just sort of flowing over his body. Then we're at Rusty. Rusty finishes reloading his uh, guns and looks up and kind of sees the chaos in the courtyard for the first time and sees Doug firing into the tower and sees everything, sees the arrows go in and he kind of shakes his head and spins and runs back into the tower up the stairs and is gonna open up on the assassin. Okay. 22 and a 21. Both a hit. And a 30. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 35 damage. He, he's like, you shouldn't mess with the watch. And then the rat hits him in the face and starts scratching away. And then you just like blast him in the back a bunch of times. <laughs> he like goes down on one knee and just sort of like shakily brings himself back up. But he is on his last legs here. Yeah, I think Rusty just gets to the top of the stairs and he just, yeah, he unloaded on that guy. He doesn't say anything, doesn't do anything. Just three shot. That's my turn. Okay. Then it is the Tick who is going to try to hit Barnaby a bunch of times again. Yep. You're at 20? Yeah. Three hits and a miss. This fight is such chaos. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a uh, 27. For all. But, like, all together or just the one hit? All together. Oh, okay. All together, yeah. Can't believe nothing is on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild. I mean, yeah, two I people did. are. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it is going to stay squared up with you, Barnaby. So it's, yeah, just, uh, just spinning and laying into you with as much as it can with these axes just being mostly propelled by your shell and armor. Yeah. And Doug, it's your turn. I'm going to, like, curse a little bit under my breath and, like, re-shoulder the shotgun and try again. Uh, you can make your first shot with advantage as the pigeon rat uh, soars by majestically, walking and squeaking. <laughs> 27 to hit. That's a hit. For 17 force damage. Okay. Uh, as you see, my eyes, like, glare again, and the fact that my, uh, my like, necrotic shroud is still around me is dealing extra damage. And then I'll take my second attack. Only 16 to hit. No. One makes contact. I, again, like, blast him backwards. He's kind of surrounded, just being attacked from all sides now. Then it is Pick. And Pick looks down as she kind of, like, holds onto this arrow that's in her chest. And she looks down at Buck, who's, like, sank to his knees now, just, like, breathing heavy with this arrow in his back. You can see, like, her shoulder starting to bubble over with lava. And she takes three damage sort of, like, sits... Takes three damage. Oh my god! Oh god! This rat, like chewing on the side of her arm, uh, she just kind of—I don't think she notices that at this point—and <laughs> she just kind of sits on the edge of this battlement, overlooking everything. And she looks down at the drow. She's like, "Whatever you do now, it doesn't matter. We got the money to the right people. You don't have much longer here. Not if they have anything to say about it. At least, I guess I'll get to watch this." And then she takes out from her bandolier a little stopwatch and presses the button and you feel like a wave as you suddenly are looking at a very very different scene around you all over the walls in this area just over and over are written in this like strange magical scribing this was the work of the gloom leaves the resistance will have them soon the united family are crooks written over and over again on everything all around you and you see there is now like a huge shadow over this drow who has like stepped backwards and is sort of focusing like half on where Shard was, half on Tulip. And she looks up in time to see a courthouse falling from the sky above her. <laughs> and it falls and just crushes her <laughs> under it. Wow. So, Tulip, you are faced it, it just in front of you. This huge courthouse wall <laughs> comes slamming down in front of you. Like, debris is sort of thrown up from the ground in front of you. It just crushes these trees, like, destroys the fountain in the middle of this center and is sort of lopsided as it like connects with the side of the forum and like destroys all these pillars. Can we still see her and ruby slippers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tulip doesn't even raise his hand to block the debris. He just watches it with the cloak like billowing out behind him. Yes. And now you see off to the side where Buck is on the ground. You see Shard is now sitting on the ground next to Buck and is kind of like propping him up backwards so he gets to like look out over this new scene. And the two of them are very slowly fading together with her arm around him. Oh, and yeah. Brass, it's your turn. I gotta kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for him with the regular dagger and pull the second one out in my offhand. Okay. The first one, it's a 27 to hit. That's a hit. Uh, seven piercing and six acid damage. 
And then the other one is a critical fail, so uh, the dagger goes flying out of that other hand, I think. Okay. Yeah, fumble um, it as I get it out. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, 13. I think right right now you have, like, the dagger in his shoulder and are, like, forcing him down to the ground. And you can see there's, like, blood coming out of his mouth, like, between these pointed teeth. And you can see, like, around this visor now, it looks like the visor is, like, burning in to his skin around his eyes. It's just getting, like, hotter and hotter. And then it is Tulip. So the Wicked Witch of the East is dead. So I guess that uh, big, big ball of ticks is still there, right? The big ball of ticks is still there, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of rolling and bumping up against Barnaby <laughs> while he, he's in combat with the tick that's not in the ball. How big combat. is it? Ten foot radius. I'm going to go flank the other tick and hit it from behind. Okay. Okay, so I guess maybe I get advantage? Uh, no, you cannot flank these things. Oh, really? Okay. Because they spin yeah. around. Yeah, they're very they're very spinny. Okay, then I will simply attack them normally. Nat 20. <laughs> Who needs advantage? Uh, (laughs) Just roll what you want. Definitely a miss. Three, uh, 17? Uh, 17 is not a hit. Okay, so only one one hit. That's the nat 20. Okay. I also miscounted. I actually get an extra critical die from my um, brutal critical feat. uh, feat Right. Right. So that's still 3d8 and 46. 28 plus 24 is 52. Okay. Nasty. Yeah, it spins around like it's just going to face off against both of you. Like it has two arms held out to each of you. Like it's just going to be able to fence you off. And it has been made robot overconfident by how few times Barnaby has been able to hit it. It was all part of Barnaby's uh, plan. <laughs> it was intentional from the start. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you just land one big savage hit on it. Yeah, that's my turn. He's got exactly one, one thing he does, and he does it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does do it well. Uh... She's been crushed by a courthouse. But now it's Barnaby. I mean, I've heard of throwing the book at someone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Barnaby will look over and shift as if to turn and then kind of clack his little turtle beak. And this time with his eyes pulled wide open, going to try to attack again. <laughs> oh, Barnaby. so i guess in his effort to keep his eyes open he pulls them open too wide (laughs) and they start to water and he just two huge whiffs of a mistake of of a miss and just (laughs) accomplishes absolutely nothing (laughs) yeah both both significant misses yeah as a a bonus action i'll cast uh sanctuary on uh tea leaf sanctuary yeah Mm. So if something wants to attack it, they have to make a wisdom save first? Yeah. Okay. Then it is the assassin. Rack bites into him. For four damage. Max roll. I was going to say, don't you Max dare. roll. Let me get don't the kill. Don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, Rusty, you have the crazy passive perception. What's your passive perception, Brass? Uh, 19. So both of you would kind of hear he's kind of mumbling to himself as he's like barely standing. And he looks out the window to where this courthouse has just crushed this drow. He's like, oh, God, I hope I'm still getting paid. God, what can he even do? I guess he's going to turn around and try to run past both of you. So he's going to disengage again and just run. He can't jump out that window because he will die. (laughs) (laughs) He's already taken one giant fall today. (laughs) Yeah, he's taken a huge fall. That rat has really put him in the danger zone. <laughs> Along with a lot of disengage all he wants, that rat's gonna finish him. So he just kind of like 
pushes brass up against the wall and then runs past and fully just barrels into Rusty. You can see him like stumbling and everywhere he grabs, he's leaving like bloody handprints and stuff as he makes his way down. He is struggling and we're back to Squeak. I mean, it sounds like he's walking directly into 16 swarms of rats (laughs) who spent their last turn making their way over to him. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, Begin your rolls. What's his 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 AC is 18. 18. So I need a 16. Oh, dear. That's a net 20 and a net one. Uh, Roll the net 20 first. Just roll the damage on it. Uh, two ones and 79, 10, 11 damage. You may describe <laughs> <laughs> how the rats warmed yeah. with him. So I think he bursts out from the door, looking backwards, probably at Rusty, thinking he's going to get shot. And then he turns around as this tidal wave engulfs him, rolls over his body, and then just a skeleton is left standing there. <laughs> It's kind of a strange skeleton. It's got some like clockwork and steam pieces built into the skeleton. There is one more of these flaming arrows and that vicious molten sword all fall to his side as well. The rats all swarm away and then it's just kind of like the clink of that visor as it just hits the ground and spins and comes to a stop. We would yell, ah, the bounty. We need her alive. <laughs> the tick looks over at this courthouse and lowers its arms. So all of its weapons sort of detach and hit the ground and then magnetize back to the statues and then the hands magnetize back and you are out of initiative. Yeah, uh, I want to fly. Get those arrows out. Yeah, straight to shard and try to pull out the arrow. Yeah, so make a medicine check. Oof. And a con save. Yep, 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 yep. It's an 11. You're trying to like grab the arrow, but it's just too hot. So make that con save. A 21. Uh, 21, yeah, so you're okay. You feel the heat start to, like, spread into your hand and arm as you try to pull it out, but you're unable to remove it, but it doesn't uh, start to overtake you, which is what it feels like it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I just, like, uh, speak telepathically to, to Barnaby? I think we might need a healer's touch here. Okay. And I'll uh, start trundling over. Yeah, so Shard is there. She just kind of has her arm around Buck. Doug, as you're there trying to, like, pull this arrow out, she's kind of swatting at your hand a little bit as you're trying to get the arrow out of her chest. And Buck says to her, I don't know, that was pretty good. Do you think it'll stick? And she's like, ah, it's a start. The resistance will finish it off. We just need the people to know that they're not all safe. The United Family is just like any of us. We took down a king. We can take them, too. And Barnaby, you make your way over. Did I hear how many Bothans died? (laughs) Yeah. No, bad joke. Can I cast Guidance on Barnaby? Yeah. I should have cast it on myself, but you probably have a better chance. So you can add a d4 to this roll. So it's a medicine check. 17, 18. 18, yeah. So you are able to remove it, make a con save. Yeah, all those attacks, I didn't use Bless once. That's hilarious. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Reminding everybody else. (laughs) <laughs> oh, not so not so great on the uh, 11. 11? So you are going to take a bunch of fire damage, but you do take the um you do take the arrow out. Good. So you take 12 fire damage. Oh. And you can feel that whatever effect is sort of overtaking them has now started to overtake you as well. Okay. Oh, w- what does that what does that mean? It means mechanically that every round you're going to take 
more fire damage mm, okay. uh, until you are dead or figure out how to get rid of it. Yeah, okay. I uh, I feel that start to spread, but I just sort of grit my my turtle mouth, and uh, I move over to uh, to Buck to pull the arrows out of him as well. Okay, so make another medicine check as you take 14 fire damage. I think at this point Rusty's walking out with all the loot, like everything he picked up off of the assassin, and is just, yeah, walking up. Yeah, you, you could all kind of walk up at this point. I'm going to use a, an ability called Healing Hands, and I'd like to touch Shard and try to use it to restore 10 hit points. Okay. I get Yeah, so 23 is, that's enough. So you remove the arrow from Buck as well. This is just like a healing a healing spell? Yeah, so you, you see me sort of like mutter a, a quick apology to my patron, and unlike every other magical effect that's been like shadowy, dark, this one actually is like radiant and, and bright as like a little beam of sunlight comes down behind me and I kind of like wince at it, the healing action of, of being a fallen Asimar. Barnaby, I think you see him going to heal and you kind of wince as you remember trying to heal Bane. Yeah. So she actually takes that as damage. Yeah. Oh, I thought maybe yeah. with the arrow out. Yeah, so you can see now you know like with the arrow out, when you go to heal, you see the this like effect that has come over her. Mm -hmm. uh, starting to multiply. Can I, I have an ability that if I'm within 10 feet, I can take damage intended for somebody else, but where this was intended as a healing, can I do that? Does that ability still work in this sense? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take the damage, because it's the, the lava is dealing the damage. Yeah, okay. And I, I still haven't done, do I need to do another con check for the... You failed that con save. You need to figure out how to get rid of this okay. effect. Well, how much damage do I absorb from her to keep her going? Um, so you're... 10. Yeah, so you're you're absorbing that oh, ten. Boy. Yeah, you you start to see my my shell uh, is starting to to singe and steam, and then at, at the points of my shell, all of the points like around the edges and also around the back, my skin and uh, scales, I guess, are starting to like curl back and, and are starting to singe out. Can anyone dispel magic? This isn't a problem. Rats can solve. Brass would like to goop up Shard and try and drop her in the fountain if there's any fountain left. The fountain has been destroyed by the... But there is, like, wet cobblestones you could kind of rub <laughs> off. Ah, that's not the same. <laughs> the, but not, yeah, like, the, water the, bubbling up anywhere? That's too bad. It's under the courthouse. Ah, shit. Mm. It's not looking good. Uh, looking at Barnaby, can you uh, do anything with... Is, is this, like, is this like a, some sort of cursed effect? Can I do, like, an arcana check to try and figure out what the hell is going on? Absolutely you can. Yeah, I was going to say, can I make, like, a history check? I'm casting guidance on myself. For... I'll, I'll, you uh... can make a history check, yeah. Um, you can make, yeah, you can make a history check. I got 15 for arcana. Because I'm thinking, I know, ooh, critical fail. Critical fail? You just have to heal it. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a 15 arcana, I think you would have heard of certain poisons like this. This is certainly like an assassin's tool. It is connected with those arrows. It is an effect that is meant to ensure that people who are wounded by it will die. Can I investigate the bow and the arrow? Yeah. The pouch of antidotes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pouch of antidotes. Should I? I used up my last charge. <laughs> I've got the antidote. Damn it. I have the ability to peer into her mind, and that gives it back, I guess. All right. I mean, now's the time. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I got a 16 on the investigation of the uh, bow and arrow. This bow and arrow, he has a bunch of regular arrows in the quiver as well, and that he just had one more of these molten ones. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna look at her and say, like, do, do you have any idea what, what this is and how to stop it? She's kind of fading 
Uh, so she's just kind of whispering, like, the families, we're done. We're okay. Damn it. And we I, did what we need to do. I'm going to throw up my hood over my head, and the, the big singular eye comes down and sort of, like, the hood sort of stops at my, my the bridge of my nose, and the big eye is just, like, right in front, and it starts to glow, and yeah, I'll cast Detect Thoughts. Okay. And I want to, yeah, I guess force her to make a save against delving deeper and using the charge on my trench coat to use consume thoughts. And what is the save? It is a wisdom save, 15. A wisdom save. So I'm going to say, like, she is effectively unconscious, so she fails. Amazing. And so I'm digging through for, like, what she knows about this assassin. Has she come across these tools before? How to maybe counteract it? You are looking into her mind, and right now, like, the surface thoughts, you see a very clear image of her and Buck and Bane and Wish, and they are standing in front of, like, three carts filled with gold. Chests just overflowing with rare, precious gems, creaking, barely being able to hold this amount of gold. And they are handing them over to this this group of people who are all sort of standing. And uh, you know immediately, I guess, because you have, like, full access to her memories, that this is like a resistance force. It is the same people that oversaw overthrowing the last king. Hmm and that they are working to do the same with the United Families. You get flashes of them making a plan and breaking their way into the molten coffers and actually successfully getting inside. And then you look up and around and surrounding you and your crew are molten watch members looking down into the coffers at you. And they are holding bows similar to this, but not aiming at you. And then... There is something that you cannot really explain. The darkness of all of the shadows of this room are speaking to you and giving you permission to take as much as you can carry and get out and make sure that it gets to these people. Hmm. But you don't really find any way to counteract their weapons. You do know that these weapons are similar to what the Molten Watch were having, but they're not quite right. And the uniform that he's wearing doesn't match. Hmm. It's the right color scheme, and you can see it's, like, almost there, but it's a skilled forgery and not the real thing. I'll throw back the hood and look at everyone else, and it's like, he wasn't really Molten Watch. If we could get them to the Molten Watch, maybe they could help. We're in the Queens, right? Mm -hmm. This is where the Molten Watch's headquarters is. Yeah. uh, How far away is it in relation to us? You can see it. The edges of its spires and stuff are peeking up over the edges of this, this forum. I can fly shard quickly. Okay, I mean, I'm pretty quick myself, and I'll take Buck. I'll try to grab Barnaby. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Okay, so Barnaby. Oh, yeah, Barnaby. You are taking another nine fire damage. Okay. Is it a thing that's coming in waves? Like, is, is can I sense and try to take a one last little bit to keep her alive as well before she leaves out of my reach? Uh, yeah, you you could do that. You could take her next set. Okay. I sort of reach in her direction. I'm uh, not doing super well, so I, I I'm not saying a whole lot. I'm like smoking. My my scales are are kind of curling, but I'll uh, I'll like reach in her direction as well to sort of take in some some of her pain. You take all of it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so you, well, then that's another 10 points. Okay. So she'll get that. I'll give her that back. I'm going to use, like, my tabaxi dashing ability, uh, the feline agility to double my speed and a dash to uh, fly out of there real fast. Okay. As you fly over and you look down in the courtyard, you see that Tulip hasn't actually joined everybody inside. 
He's just been pacing around outside the force bubble with the tick with its arm ripped off. And it's clearly like <laughs> shouting at it. And he's just waiting for the second for the force bubble to come down. <laughs> yeah, it only lasts uh, one minute. He's prepared in action to attack the tick with only three arms the second it comes down. I think as Rusty, you're taking off with Buck as well. 80 feet with the dash doubles 160 feet around. <laughs> oh, God. 160? Mm. I can do 60 with Burnaby. No, I can do 30 with Burnaby because I'm dragging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can... I can still move. I'm not unconscious. First round, I can dash, bonus action, dash, and regular movement doubled to Baxi 180, and then I'll have to slow down next round. Okay. As all of them take off, I think you can do your prepared action as the, the bubble just sort of pops. He rages again and goes for it. <laughs> 22. Yep. 28. 20. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think it has 15 HP left, so I don't think it can survive this. So you can just destroy, d- yeah. talk about okay. dismantling yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. How do you want to do this? He just, yeah. he just yeah, chops off the other three arms and then pushes it over and just starts like plunging his sword into its chest on the ground until it stops moving. And the other two, which have basically deactivated, have just kind of like their bodies are still facing towards the boardhouse, but their heads are just watching you do that. <laughs> Squeak, anything you want to do? As I think Squeak is, is in, like, panic mode, because Squeak can't do anything that's not riot-related. Um, I'm a very useless druid in all other shapes and forms, so I think the moment that Tea Leaf goes, like, I am just following the bounty still. That's all I am concerned about. Okay, so you're r- sort of running along the ground as, uh, I-, I think, Brass and Rusty yeah, are I- quick, so they are, they are like, fucking gone. I-, I might as well wild shape into a, a pigeon. So you uh, can and fly. Just so it. I can at least fly and-, and keep up a little bit of speed. So Doug, you and Barnaby are just kind of, like, mm-hmm. toddling behind. So I, I yeah. guess if, if theoretically, if-, if Barnaby used his full actions to dash, then I could use my movement and action to drag. <laughs> well, he's run away, so you'd have to use your movement to get to him. Could you get further? Oh, than right. Him? Might be able to drag him an extra five An, extra, <laughs> an extra ten feet hey, or something. Hey. <laughs> yeah, enough. okay. We'll, we'll, just, we'll say that you're doing your best to, like, push Barnaby on. Like, you yeah, try yeah. and lift him you, up off the yeah, ground. I'm but lifting him up, he's, and he's, like, his legs, like, dangle for, like, a minute, and then are set back down. Yeah. <laughs> and Carnation yeah. is just panicking and, like, flying around me and, like, yeah, tweeting at you and, like, just kind of freaking out. So they're going to take two more hits for the fast crew. In your arms, Rusty Buck has stopped mumbling and is Mm. just kind of like fully leaning back now. This lava is like starting to stretch up over close to his neck. Uh, Shard is still kind of mumbling a little bit, but does not seem to have very long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Rusty just kind of looks down and cops that and it's just like, uh, don't do that now. You hang hang on. Yeah, make a persuasion check. (laughs) Thirteen? You can tell, like, he's still moving a little bit. Like, he does try to turn his head to listen to you. Uh, no, I can't. I got my hands full, yeah. Yeah. Barnaby, you are going to take four more of these. Oh, boy. From the lava. Oh, okay. Mm. Sure. Eight. And I am unconscious. Oh. Okay. Oh, no. So then I believe this will kill you. Okay. Oh. What? Um... Oh, no. Oh, wait. I'm not unconscious. It will probably still kill me, but I... Uh... I guess, Doug, you see me dragging and shuffling and like I'm just I'm just full on smoking at this point. Yeah. Incarnation is freaking out. And, and then, I'm just uh, cursing at you. Just like, you stupid, adorable, dumb turtle. And then you see me sort of slump and I start to fall forward. And then my shield 
springs out with a, a light, kind of casts a, a bright light for a split second, and then I kind of eyes kind of go back open, and I kind of straighten out because when I die once every long rest, my shield returns me to one health. But the rest of this damage is going to hit, so I don't know if it'll actually last for very long. No, because that will that will get you to the front gates. Okay, uh, you will have two failed death saves. Okay. Oh God. <gasps> <laughs> so Brass so you all, would like to be shouting for help. Help, cleric, assassin. You are just like at the front gates. The gates of the Molten Watch are always closed. All the windows are always dark. There is never any like visible presence on the outside of them. So you're looking at this huge, like very well kept, very well armored building that looks and has all like always looks abandoned. And just try and go straight in through the front doors. Yeah, so you come up to this, like, huge armored closed door. Yeah, I think we we try to open it. Yeah. There's no handles or anything. Like, this is something that has to be brought up with, like, winches. Jeez. That's what I was thinking. Squeak would definitely just go straight over the wall. Okay. To, just to get attention. Yeah, if and, there's... I mean, if I'm it sure looks it's totally closed down. up, Brass wouldn't be going for the door then. I'd fly over, yeah. Are we all within 30 feet I'd be right now? Like flying over, shouting. Yeah, you would all be you'd all be within thirty feet now. Okay, so right when everyone's within thirty feet, Rusty's laid buck down, and he uh, pulls out uh, Delilah, and he just goes, "This my work," and uh, he's gonna shoot himself in the chest with sharpshooter, oh, and use a a skill point to use my inspiring presence. How inspiring! <laughs> Do you want to say instead of shooting yourself in the chest that there's like a big bell or something that you want to shoot? (laughs) That's great. Can I damage that? Yeah, Yeah, that'll work. Okay, I thought it. I think it said creatures. I thought so. Yeah, I I know what you're going for here, though, and it's it's kind of good. So (laughs) okay, so there's a big bell, maybe a giant, I don't know, gong or something. Yeah, there's no like there's a big bell. Ring this bell for medical attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen temporary HP. The gnomish runes glow and the the feel of the range explodes. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think what happens is you aim up and you like shoot this big sort of gong. Like, I think maybe what it is, is it's like the Molten Watch crest Mm. uh, over the top of the door. But when you shoot it, it like rings out this huge sound that like seems to rattle the walls around you. So Barnaby, that would like wake you up as you're kind of getting dragged up to the front here as you regain those 14 temporary hit points. Or 19. 19? Yeah. Yeah. Buck and Pick, both eyes flutter open a little bit. Sweet. Uh, and you fly over the top squeak and you see like nothing at first. And then as this like echo rings out, you see there's like a guardhouse on the other side of the courtyard and you see it open and one figure walk out just wearing like a red tunic, very simply dressed as they just walk across this courtyard pretty slowly. Gleek would immediately like de-transform in midair and just like hit the ground, take the impact. Help, help, help. We've been attacked by molten assassins. We need a medic. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and he's just full on like flailing his arms in panic. (laughs) So as, as you see them coming towards you, you see now an orc and the orc like down the sides, almost like mutton chop. They have this like metal guard sort of over over their face that seems to extend down and protect their neck as well. This orc looks at you and they, they kind of have this fierce stare, but they do walk a little bit quicker as they see you. And as they approach the front gate, you hear like rumbling inside the walls around and the gate lifts up enough for them to walk out under it. So all of you see Squeak and this single orc walk out and they sort of like look down at 
Shard and Buck and Barnaby. I really hope they've been hit with molten uh, arrows. You've helped and them once before. He looks up at you when you say that, Doug. Best you forget that. Forget what? And he nods at you. <laughs> and he brings his hands up, and you see the three of them get lifted up off the ground and says, you'll be seeing them later today. Uh, and walks them back <laughs> inside. They just float with him? Yeah, they float with him inside. Oh. I would try to follow Shard immediately. They walk them back inside. Uh, you see Squeak go under the door as well as it starts to close. But if nobody else follows Squeak, you walk across back to that gatehouse. Barnaby, you can just feel yourself being carried okay. through here. Think like Carnation flies back into the birdhouse, which is now like semi on fire. Yeah. And you get brought across the courtyard and then he steps through the door and then he stops it's in front of you, Squeak and says, out. But that, that's our bounty. I won't ask again. Uh, Squeak knows better. This the <laughs> I think Squeak just poofs into a small rat and immediately hightails it back to the ship. Yeah. Barnaby, as you get brought inside, this warming heat overtakes you and the door closes behind Barnaby and the gate gets lowered back down, leaving all of you outside this, again, seemingly abandoned fortress. Cool. I hope we see them. Shall we get a drink? Um, <laughs> Sounds good to me. Oh, wait, hold on. And I'll, I'll reach into one of my pockets and I will produce just like a bottle of the local liquor of choice. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's Tulip like waves his hand and is like, no, no, no. One of the best poles in the city is just around the corner. <laughs> sure, but I don't see why you have to pay. <laughs> I think Rusty's just kind of, as everyone walks away, he's like stood at the top stairs and is looking just at the door and kind of up at everything. Holsters uh, Delilah and... It's been a strange day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, follows. So as Tulip leads you away from the doors of the Molten Watch and towards this really nice hole-in-the-wall bar, <laughs> you walk past the forum again, and you see now it is surrounded by ticks. Clubbers are making their way in through the front of it. And you see them helping out these sort of shaken, you see like a judge, uh, a bunch of like well-suited, well-suited lawyers uh, all being like carefully taken out from inside the forum. And among the ticks and clubbers, you see two more drow ordering people around. And as you're walking past and you make your way into this bar, you hear one of them talking to one of the clubbers nearby. He just says, hmm, have this blocked off until we get things cleaned up. Best to keep this as quiet as we can, and uh, you walk into the bar. Hmm. Mm hmm So over the next, I'd say, like, hour and a half of drinking in the bar, the door would open, and Barnaby would walk back in. And I'm assuming I'm all healed up to, like, normal... Yeah, you're healed up to full and have absolutely no idea how that happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the door opens, and Barnaby strolls in, and, and he's just like, Oh... Hi, guys. And uh, I'll just come over to you guys as if nothing had happened. Where's where is the bounty? What? Do we get up and run back yeah. to the Molten Watch? Oh, yeah. Barnaby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's sitting down as you guys are all getting up. <laughs> I don't think Rusty gets up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think Tulip gets up either. Brass is up and out the door right now. Yeah, Tulip is finishing Whoa. his elvish sunrise. <laughs> Quick would uh, uh, follow Brass. Well, was it something I said? We still need Shard. If you run back to the Molten Watch, yeah, you come back out front again to this fortress. 
quiet as always. Anything nearby? Any Aarakocra in the sky? Make a perception check. 17. No sign of them. You still hear the clutter and clamor around the forum. Sounds like there's like a work crew or something inside, but barely any people on the streets around this area. Nobody out on the battlements. Looks just like you left it, except with the addition of a huge smashed courthouse. Squeak just like kicks a rock in the dirt. (laughs) Perhaps they're still Uh, trying to leave the city. Who else would employ a tick the way that the drow did in order to hire us? If not the families, the resistance, perhaps? It's possible. Would would any of those drow match? I'm trying to find the name for them, but the drow family? Uh, Make a history check with advantage. That is a 16 plus 117. Yeah, these are the Gloom leaves. Oh, and they are the Gloom leaves. Okay. These are members of the Gloom Leaf family oh. for sure. You would actually know that the drow that was inside was Mother Mushroom, who is the, Maybe. or I guess was the <laughs> head of the Gloom Leaf family. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, uh, it looked like that the Gloom Leaves were hiring these drows, and the, these drow were kind of dressed like G3 NDR. Were they? Uh, ticks were. The ticks were. The uh, uh, ticks were. Sorry. But wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't she have known about the bounty when Tulip was discussing terms? Wouldn't she have just said, "Yeah, you're working for me"? Uh, good point. I thought maybe maybe the Molten Watch had hired us to keep Shard safe from the families without being known to get involved. I mean, if that's the case, then they got their prize. And we handed it right to them. So then they should pay us. We can ask. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of turn back around to this huge, imposing fortress just looming over you. Abandoned. Dark. And G3 and DR said that they'd just be waiting in uh, uh, the first tavern for Yeah, us? maybe we should in the ashes, yeah. just head back to the tavern. If that's the case, then then we we have it. And if it's not the case, then, uh, well, we're back to square one. At least we're in a nice place to drink. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess we would go back to the tavern to grab the others and mm-hmm. then make our way to the ashes. Okay, so you gather up the others. It's a, you know, long way to the ashes from the queens. Just like a real um, awkward elevator ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would the uh, so Molten Watch it... have been good enough to give me a long rest in their magics? <laughs> uh, you are fully you are fully healed, but you don't get your long rest. Oh, no. cheapskates. <laughs> Did I get a short rest while we were drinking at the <laughs> tavern? Oh, yeah, maybe I get one of those. It was an hour and a half. You could have. You could all take a short rest, yeah. Oh, dog. I don't think that does anything, but... I mean, I don't know that we're going to need any of them. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So you very slowly, well, not very slowly, but like as quickly as you can without sort of exerting yourselves, you take the elevators necessary to move up through the heat of the anvil, through the cool temperature of the trades, back up through the humid jungle and into the more familiar slow fall of ash in the Skyward Ring. You make your way back through town across the bridges that you originally jumped off one very long day ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And back out to the front of the Skewered Noble where you see another very tired, dusty, bloodied crew. (laughs) As you all sort of stand across from one another, you see glitters. The front of her horn has been chipped off and is kind of swinging just from uh, she's breathing quite heavily. You see Deadeye, who sees you coming and very quickly like straightens his posture and puts his hands to his side. Teddy, who is not hiding very well at all that he is on the edge of death. He has like a sword sticking out of his shoulder (laughs) and a couple of like daggers in his back. And Garo is missing one of his mechanical arms. 
uh, Paloma actually looks pretty good. <laughs> Paloma, <laughs> Paloma, uh, Paloma seems to have been doing a good range caster job uh, staying in the back. Uh, she is like dusting a bit of herself off and grumbling. They are all standing across from you. Glitters is like, well, it looks like you have had about as much luck as we did today. Well, we had our hands on her anyway. Yeah. We did too for a very brief amount of time. Slippery she is. Whoa, Not whoa. slippery enough. Yeah, we, we had our hands on her for probably several minutes. Deadeye's like, well, where is she now? I don't know. Oh, we delivered her. If you don't mind, we have a prize to collect. I really hope. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of like flick their eyes to the door as well. And they start rushing to try to get in to the bar. <laughs> yeah. We head inside. Uh, yeah. So they, all, all of you kind of like cram your way through the door into the bar. And I think like, Rusty's just kind of s- stood back with a, he, he just lights a cigarette while everyone is three stooging through the door and then <laughs> kind of waits and makes his way in. He's been real. He hasn't uh, been saying anything to anybody really. So you make your way inside to the skewered noble. The usual outside seats seem to be pretty occupied as usual. The light inside is just flickering a little bit and G3 and DR is standing next to the bar. Welcome, Welcome back. back, all of you at once. We, d- we did it. <laughs> we we delivered your prize. Is that so? Yes. Uh, they're in the hands of the Molten Watch. Ah, that was not what was requested of you. If you remember, your instructions were to bring her back here, alive. Well, we brought her Unharmed if possible. Watch alive. Uh, and, and, you know, thought it was the safest place to keep them. You may negotiate their release. <laughs> we deserve uh, something for, for keeping them safe. Uh, they they were nearly dead, and we we saved saved her life. That was not the deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does G three NDR look like? Do they have the leaf pattern? No, they do not. So the leaf pattern was over the other ticks' mouths, and it didn't seem like they could, or if they could, they didn't speak. And is that leaf pattern like recognizable anywhere else in Mox Thrain? It is the symbol of the gloom leaves. The gloom leaves, okay, yeah. 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 Well, shit. I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. If, if, if you can't take that as acceptable, I mean, we're, we're not getting them out of there. I thought you worked for the watch. <laughs> I look up at it. Can I try something? <laughs> yep. I've got a sense of deja vu. Pull out my mirror, and I'm going to cast scrying on shard. Okay. Can you just use a charge to pull shard out of your I tried that in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> she might be willing. I saved her life. <laughs> she is not willing, but she... You have a better idea of who she is now, too. That's true. Oh, yeah. I have firsthand... Oh, I should be familiar with the target because I was in her brain. Mm-hmm. You were completely yeah. in her brain. So yeah, minus, she, she gets a minus five to the save. Okay. And I still have the uh, picture of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another minus four. So she gets minus yeah. nine to the save. Plus your duck. I mean, your duck. <laughs> minus Five nine to the save. Right. Yeah. Then she gets a 12. And fails. What that's do what I see? So you... Okay. You... So just read scrying for me. Yeah. I can see and hear a particular creature I choose that is on the same plane of existence as you. The target must make a wisdom save, modified by how well I know them. On a failed save, the spell creates an invisible sensor within 10 feet of the target. You can see and hear through the sensor as if you were there. The sensor moves with the target remaining within 10 feet of it. For the duration, a creature that can see invisible objects sees the sensor as a luminous orb about the size of your fist. Okay, so you see the top of a mountain with snow blowing incredibly quickly. 
past, just whipping through this area. You can barely hear this conversation that's happening in front of you over the wind that's whipping through all of these trees, just like throwing snow in all directions. You see Shard standing with Buck, both of them just clutching themselves from the cold as a figure in a large-brimmed hat wraps a disgusting orange cloak around the two of them. Mm. And you hear him say, I had quite a bit of trouble tracking the two of you down. Let me say, you must have gotten yourselves in some hot water. And she says, yeah, well, much appreciated on the ticket out of the city. What made you go through all the trouble to do this? We don't have the money anymore. And he's like, oh, no, it's not the money I'm interested in. It is the talents that acquired them. And he flicks the hat up and you see Bart. (laughs) (laughs) And as he flicks the hat up, he looks you right in the eyes. And he says, oh, (laughs) one moment. Thank you very much. Uh, Your services will no longer be needed. Unfortunately, you didn't fulfill the requirements necessary. And Peck is like looking around and she's like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) And you can talk to G3 NDR about any concerns you may have, but your contract is terminated. And he waves his hand and dispels the censor. And you are back in the bar. Some douchebag with a bad cloak and an ugly hat hired us and he's reneging because we didn't specifically bring the bounty back to this bar. Oh. oh that was a contract. Where were they? Maybe we can maybe we can get them before they leave the city. I mean, I'm not climbing all the way up the top of the mountain. Really was too good to be true. Well, maybe the bounty were the friends you made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> huh? And he'll like stretch. Barnaby will like stretch his arms out wide for a hug, but just like look like he won't move. He'll just. I'll be- I'll 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 go to hug Barnaby. You said you have all kinds of like weird knickknacks hanging off the back of your shell. Uh, mostly uh, beads, mostly like blue beads, various sizes. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll hug you and just steal one of them and put it in my trench coat. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Deadeye like kick over a stool. He's like, God damn it. Ugh. I was going to put my kids through college with that. And then Glitters is like, well, them's the bricks, I suppose. Sometimes you win them and sometimes you lose them. But it seems like in Mox the Rain, you do a lot more losing than winning these days. (laughs) Barkeep, get me the most disgusting shots in the dirtiest glasses that you can get. (laughs) Me and my friends need to drink off some bad memories. (laughs) And I guess we'll call it. Yay! Hello, it's Mike Friday, your dungeon mom. Thank you for listening to the last episode of the Bounty Blunders. Did you like it? Let us know at Wonder and Blunder on social media. Do you want more Bounty Blunder stuff in the future? Because we could probably do that. There's all sorts of crime and steam in Mox the Rain, as you've probably heard. Not much else to say, except, oh boy, we're excited to get back to the main campaign next week, and I hope you are too. And so we'll see you then. Keep being the best. We love you very much. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>